Welcome to Audio Drama Showcase, part of the StoryForge Network. I'm Scooter Mann, and with me are LJ Donnell. Good evening. Maggie Allen. What? Where? Eric Honor. Ahoy! And Bax Maskin. <laughs> Don't forget to check us out over at Patreon under Legend Smith Productions. This show is brought to you thanks to the support of our wonderful patrons. Today we'll be listening to Terms, which premiered in November of 2016 and was created by Lindsey Graham. No relation. The core concept revolves around what would happen if a lame duck president found himself faced with handing over the reins of power to a populist demagogue and decided that he needed to take action to prevent the inauguration from taking place. This is the premiere episode, Election Night, and it was originally published on November 20th, 2016. And now, a word from our sponsor. Come visit the most mysterious and befuddling landmark in all of Wisconsin, the God-Shaped Hole. How do we know it's God-Shaped? You'll just have to swing by to find out. Trust me, once you see it, you too will say, that's one God-Shaped Hole. The God-Shaped Hole, right off 90, just outside of Lemonweir. Okay, let's get started. They tried to marginalize us, to tell us our America was a thing of the past. But tonight, I will become the next president of the United States. Tonight, we take this country back. Well, there you've heard it. Candidate Charles Dunwalk breaking with tradition and addressing his campaign supporters with polls still open in a large majority of the country. Wow. It's almost 7.30 p.m. here on the East Coast with a lot of voting yet to be done. But Charles Dunwalk is taking the unusual step of addressing his supporters as though he has this very close race already wrapped up. I want to bring in Rebecca Montgomery, host of Inside Track. Are you surprised at all by any of this? Davis, what hasn't been surprising about this Dunwalk run for the White House? I mean, six months ago, no one even believed Charles Dunwalk had any hope of securing the Republican nomination because, you know, he was so unconventional. But then when he won the nomination, no one thought he could make a close race of it. I mean, they, well, we, because I have to include myself on this, counted him out even before the Democrats had chosen their nominee. Yeah, well, we all are probably guilty of that to some extent. But it was an uphill battle for the Republicans this year, even though Oliver Pierce remains an incredibly popular president. It's extremely rare for a party to maintain control of the White House after holding it for two terms. Exactly. It's only happened once in the last century. And that was with the sitting vice president as the candidate. Sure. Well, that's definitely not the case here. Dunwalk beat Vice President Garza early Mm -hmm. in the primaries and has been campaigning against the status quo, against the Republicans, even though he himself is a Republican. Dunwalk has definitely not been trying to ride on Pierce's coattails. In fact, this is the first time that a sitting president has failed to endorse the nominee from his own party. President Pierce is staying completely silent on this election. Completely it's just, silent. It's just almost as if he wants no part of it. Well, regardless of how reluctantly he does it, the only thing Oliver Pierce really has left to do is to congratulate the winner. And then, well, I guess off into the sunset, so to speak. But the mm. big question still actually remains, who will he be congratulating? Well, Rebecca, we'll begin to have numbers for you very soon. But as we wait for states to close their polls, I want to bring in Democratic pollster Sidney Howard. Sidney, you've been tracking the exit polls for Ohio and Pennsylvania. Come in. Mr. President, Ron Clarkson is on line three. Thank you, Zach. Ron. You hear that? You get to ride into the sunset. 
How do you know what channel I was watching? Because you think Rebecca's cute, even though she's mean to you. What do you know that's useful? So far, turnout's been high in the only two states that matter. RNC's pretty sure the total may fall short, but Dunwalk has the electoral votes. <sighs> so it's over. You sound like your turtle just died. Look, you finished strong. You helped the party hold on to the White House. Take the compliment and start working on your short game. Oliver? Ron, I need you here tomorrow. I'll fill you in later. Right now, I have to go to dinner at the Vice President's. But tomorrow, you need to meet with me? Yes. So, that part about your work being done? It's just beginning. Damn mind? You can't be serious! Keep your voice down, Victor. They'll hear you. It's my damn house for the next eight weeks, and I will not keep my voice down! Do you realize what you're asking me to do? Of course I do. I know better than anyone. And you know I would never do anything to hurt you if there was another way. I'm asking... Hurt me? You want to annihilate me! This finishes me! Even if it goes nowhere, my, you're my career... you finished, Victor! I'm sorry, but it's true. This was your shot. It didn't work out, but there's still important things that we... Oh, because do. you say so? You call the shots? You always call the shots. I did everything you asked, every photo op, every campaign speech. Eight years I stood next to you to show everyone how big your tent was. I... I that's not... Oh, 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 really? You didn't use me to fight your demographic Victor, problem? Victor, I did... Because it sure feels like I've been playing your one brown friend for a long time... All you did was bore people in two languages! Victor, I brought you with me all the way, not because of your last name, but because I trust you. Because I know you're a good man, but you're not without blame, Victor. There is a reason things were covered up. I'm not here to scold you. I I'm not trying to punish you. I'm here to tell you that you can make a difference. You can help me do something about all of this. It's too late, Oliver. He won. Taking me down isn't going to change that. Oliver? What's going on in here? Sorry, Christina, it's my fault. I shouldn't have spoiled the evening talking shop. Oh, I think we all know what you were talking about. But if you can say it to my husband, can then you can just, say it honey, to me. that's not no, what we're even... No, if he's in here blaming my husband for what is happening tonight, then it's about me, Christina, too. Christina, no one This is not is... my husband's fault, Oliver. He was with you when you needed him. And now, after you all stood by and watched this happen, you want to say it's his fault? Christina... All of you kept your mouth shut during the primary until it was too late. You got exactly what you deserved with Dunwalk. You're right, Christina. We created this mess. It's all of our responsibility. We should go. I'm sorry, tensions got high, but... Good night, Christina. Victor. I'm sorry. I know you've always given everything you can for this administration and for this country. I know you will continue to do that. You gonna tell me what that was about? I had some things to talk to Victor about he didn't like. And I am asking you what those things were and what made him start yelling. And I am telling you, I'm not telling you. What? I am telling you that we talked, that he got angry, and that we're going to work through it, but I am not going to talk about it. What? Just no? 
and I'm just supposed to walk away? That's suddenly who you think I am? I know that's not who you are. And I also know you're not a woman I'm going to lie to. So I'm telling you truthfully that I am not going to tell you. You don't just... I don't. But I am. That is unacceptable. I know, but I have a congratulatory statement to write. And this to answer. We are not done discussing. Fine. General? Yes, I am. Good evening, Mr. President. Evelyn. Fox News and the Pace website have already called it for Dunwalk. They're expecting a concession call within the hour, and then they will be asking for a statement from you. I asked Gary to have a few of the speechwriters stay late in case you want to let them... Here's what I want to say. Verbatim. Quiet, please. Whenever you're ready, sir. Tonight, the American people completed a ritual that is the cornerstone of our democracy. It is neither perfect nor an easy process. Yet it is perhaps the most important tool we have as a people to build the nation we want to inhabit. That is the point of our elections, and perhaps for everything we do as public servants, to build a more perfect union. Today you have selected the leaders that will steer our nation from the White House to the State House to the Courthouse, and to all those who tonight have been chosen by the people to lead them, to guide them. I wish you wisdom. Wisdom and resilience in the face of conflict. Wisdom and humility in the face of those you have been selected to serve. I congratulate Charles Dunwalk on the great honor that has been bestowed upon him by the people of our country. In the coming months, I will do whatever I am able to assist in a successful transition, while still keeping to the important duties of keeping our country safe. And when I leave this office, I will do so with the firm faith that I leave it in the capable hands of a servant of the people. God bless our union. God bless the United States of America. Yes, sir. We'll have it out within the hour. Thank you, Evelyn. Ron, tomorrow, one o'clock, Zach will pick you up in the back of Philomena's, where you will be having lunch. Come in the delivery entrance and don't bring your phone. Are you serious? I'm very serious. What are we meeting about? I cannot let that man become president. Terms is a spoke media production. Subscribe for free on iTunes, Stitcher, Wondery.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Featuring Brandon Potter, Kent Williams, Whitney Holitick, Jeffrey Schmidt, Aaron Roberts, Robert McCollum, Tony Ramirez, Lydia Mackey, Christy Vela, and Ellen Losey. Creator and executive producer, Lindsey Graham. Co-executive producers, Keith Reynolds, Michael Federico, and Robert McCollum. Coordinating producer, Aliyah Tavakolian. Music by Lindsey Graham. Written by Robert McCollum and Michael Federico. Directed by Robert McCollum. Distributed by Wondery. Jeebus. That, <clears throat> that packed a punch. I agree. That's... Brief but intriguing. Yeah, it's only 11 minutes and change. And it's, wow, it's very intense, right? For sure. I mean, I, I think LJ had brought up that too much more of it might have been overwhelming. So having it in a short burst like that makes it a lot easier to digest. Oh, yeah, that's I. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, so we were talking earlier about the how on point the acting is and the sound effects, especially Um, and the music and the music. I mean, like, it feels like the music was probably custom composed for this show. I am not so sure about that. That's right. You said you heard some (laughs) of this on um, what was it? Pond five. Yeah. Um, I I mean, then I, you know, I could be wrong about that, but it it was very like I've, I've. I've, I've heard some of these cues before. What impressed me was it felt a lot like as if Aaron Sorkin had written a spy thriller because it had elements that were very reminiscent of the West Wing, but also a lot more intrigue. Hmm. So like a more intense version of the West Wing? Not just more intense, but more cloak and dagger because the West Wing was just a political drama. This, there's something going on under the surface. I mean, it's very clear that they're talking about making sure that the president-elect does not become the president in fact. It's like if House of Cards met 24. It has a lot of the intensity. It'll probably have a lot of the over-the-top spy shenanigans. Uh, That's the feeling I'm getting anyway because they're starting so dramatic all at once. If it was just a political slow burn, you know, if it was just like a slow burn political thing, I feel like they would have started it with maybe with more um, exposition on who all the players are. But as it is, I feel like we're revving into high gear right away. I think the other thing is in direct contrast, like so much of the West Wing is about government operating as government operates. It's the, you know, the machinery works and this is really explicitly, that's not what we're doing. <laughs> right. They're like, nope. Yeah, it's using the same sort of trappings, but it's definitely a much different type of story. And uh, going back to what LJ said, if it's kind of like House of Cards meets 24, would that make it 52? (laughs) (laughs) Mathematically, yes. I hate you. I know. (laughs) Your hate strengthens me. Good. Yeah, that may be one of the worst math jokes that I've heard in a while. What can I say? I'm a card. Um, Continue so, like that and you'll become a cut-up. Oh, I'm going to deck you. This conversation's getting a little edgy. Let's shuffle off. <laughs> I was going to say, can we wrap this up? But I was trying to think of a bad <laughs> card pun to say it as. I think you're just going to have to deal.
Guys, we have a full house. We're going to have to find out everyone's opinion on the uh, on the show. So <laughs> We're definitely flush with puns. You are well suited to this game, Max. I want to club you. <laughs> You're a card. <laughs> have a heart. Yeah, this would go on forever if we didn't stop at some point. Yes, that's yeah. good. I've got them in spades. Okay, now we can go. All right, straight <laughs> to the end. Now that we flush that out of our system, let's go to... Um, so let's, yeah, let's just talk a little bit about some of the different aspects. So we talked a little bit about sound effects and music. You think a lot of that might have come from a pre-produced music site, which is not necessarily bad because it, it did. I thought it was still really well done, even if it yeah, I, I'm not saying this just to make the pun, but to put all my cards on the table, I've spent a lot of time matching pre-recorded music to stuff. It is definitely a, uh, <laughs> it is definitely a skill. So, okay. Uh, so I also wanted to talk a little bit about the acting. Um, it sounded like eighty or ninety percent of the people, because there was maybe what six actors in this episode, mm-hmm. five so, maybe six, maybe more, because there was the president, the vice president, the first lady, the vice president's wife. The press secretary, I right. guess, uh, the guy on the phone and the guy playing the president-elect and the newscasters right at the front. So that's nine. It may just be because I'm really bad with names. Uh, I know there was at least one character where they said his name repeatedly, something with the V in it. But um, I mostly knew who the characters were through their voices and the stuff they were talking about. But yeah, I I cannot remember anybody's names for the life of me. <laughs> I also know there was at least one point where I was like, I thought it, someone was talking about one person and then it became clear from context that it was not, uh, that it wasn't them. <laughs> and that, uh, but I mean, the fact that it only happened once is like, that's okay. on the whole pretty impressive. Um, so on the whole, I found the the acting to have, I don't know how else to describe this. Everyone's voice was very, uh, was varied and 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 full of color and light and sound. Um, I did find the first lady to be a smidge stilted. Now we only met her for about three lines. I'm sure that will change. I'm 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 certain with everyone else's quality that I just didn't hear enough of her. But I think what she was going for was calm and stoic. And compared to everyone else, it, it felt a little flat. I felt the performance was a smidge flat. Speaking of full of color, um, how about Madam Vice President's? hot fire with the uh, your one brown friend line oh my goodness that was just raw yikes yeah that hurt and i mean the delivery was great too there there was passion there she yeah. was fantastic honestly like i think that might even be like that these two women and, and she was so real and so vicious and i was like get it fam <laughs> i'm just kind of imagining you like hiding behind the couch while this conversation is going on <laughs> and you're like yes Get it, fam. <laughs> yes. Inwardly cackling. I, I So one of the things that I wanted to talk about that I thought also was pretty good. I, I actually don't have anything bad to say about this one at all, really. You're right. There's a couple of maybe the actors that were a little bit flatter, but they weren't bad. They were just no. not as sparkling as the main actors, I feel like. Um, which is their sense of timing was really good. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, like the timing sure. between dialogue felt very like a very natural flow where they put pauses for like clear transition of scenes or um, even like little sound effects during silence bits. I mean, like it was just very well laid out. Whoever did the sound design for this, I'm very, very proud proud of them. And something that Eric had pointed out right at the beginning, the 
method that they used for the exposition up at the front to catch everyone up on what had been happening in the story, that was that felt natural, and it almost never does. So that that was wow. Yes, spot on. Some of the voices really reminded me of characters I had seen in other works, and it was all good stuff. So going along with that, the voice cast was very energized, and you could really feel the humanity behind them. I also really liked um, when when they were having arguments and they were interrupting each other. I think particularly in acting and audio, that would be kind of hard to do naturally, or at least hard to cut so that you can still kind of hear what the person was trailing off with before the next person kind of speaks over them so i thought like it felt like a real conversation that people would interrupt each other at that exact moment in time getting frustrated so i feel like i'd be curious to talk to them and maybe i will about how they did that because i know that we've tried to do interrupting conversations before and it's hard to do without somebody actually interrupting and then if you actually interrupt then that means that your audio is now probably on both mics Unless you're doing like two separate boots at the same time, and then it gets really weird. But that's that's a really hard thing to do. Well, well, and doing it in post is also can be really difficult to get to sound right, right? Because people like actually react to each other's nonverbal cues, and you know. Yeah, I I don't know the pro- the proper way to do that. I should probably talk to some of my more experienced friends that could tell me the best way to do like an interrupting conversation. We actually discussed this last week in our um, our act our voice acting workshop. We talked about how sometimes it's really hard to sound natural where you're standing in front of a microphone when you're standing there and you you have to interrupt each other. And I the, I always find that it helps if there's a lot of eye contact involved and it helps to keep going with your line, but making the line like obviously not something you were ever going to finish. I don't know it it is a difficult thing and there are ways to do it, but I would be very interested to hear what they do. For instance, I know that the method that we've been using at least over the past season or so has been going beyond the point of the interruption. So that way it can be fit in in as natural a way as possible in post. But like Scooter was saying, it's still it's not perfect, but it's better than having the potential for two tracks get completely ruined. Well, because we've had a couple of those where we've tried to do the interrupting conversation thing, and then there was some weird audio artifact where one of them was fine, the other one wasn't, and we can't separate them because they've been mushed together. I know that from a writing perspective, when you're writing dialogue, what I personally approach is like, where, where exactly in the sentence, like what word do you get to the point where the other person's like, okay, I don't want to hear this anymore, finding that exact point where they're like, Stop listening. Don't want to hear this. Still better than an interrupting cow. What is it? Oh, wait. That was an interrupting dyslexic cow. My bad. (laughs) I was about to say, why did it say? Omo. Hey. Oh, wait. Is this like a bizarro cow from the bizarro universe where everything's backwards? Look, don't make fun of it. It has difficulty reading. Those letters move all over the place. They move all over the place? You coward. How How could you? That's an utter disaster. I should have steered away from this. I'm sorry. No, you had a stake in it. Everyone's bullheadedness is really getting in the way of this audio drama <laughs> showcase. I'm going to have major beef. It's just so cheesy. Milking it for all it's worth, mm. I see. Farm animal. <laughs> we are a rare breed, for sure. Maybe medium rare. Mm. Oh, got it. Mm. <laughs> well done. 
All right, so let's hear some individual opinions from people, starting with Max. Um, this is definitely a contender for the best audio drama that we've heard. Uh, I happen to like both the political and thriller genres. The acting was 95% amazing, and even the part that wasn't amazing was still really solid. The audio was great as far as the background noise, the production, the music, the script seemed well put together. I can't think of anything that I dislike, and that makes me very jealous. LJ? So I want to formally apologize to the writer for what happened in America in 2016, because everyone's going to assume <laughs> that it's based on that. And this is obviously, you know, especially as a writer, a very unique, very well-written and very well-loved story on your part. So I commend you for your writing. I am very intrigued. Um, I'm actually also very nostalgic. I've watched and and read and listened to a lot of these types of stories before with my family. So I'm going to send your podcast to my dad. I may not listen to it because it's so like what we're living through right now. It's kind of stressful, but I... I really want to know what's going to happen. So I might just overcome that stress to to power through. So way to go. Way to go, guys. Really good job. If it helps at all, the president or the president elect is nothing like the current president oh. in the way that they speak or behave. That yes, but the situation it's very similar. It is a very similar, especially if you were coming from a more liberal side of the fence, it is a more similar situation. Mm -hmm. All right, Maggie. Technically speaking, it was just impressive all around. It was shorter than I was expecting because I didn't really look at the time beforehand. But uh, for what it was, I feel like they got in a good amount of plot, a good amount of intrigue. Um, like, I really liked the, the old phone sound effect, like the keys pressing. I remember that from when I had older phones and it kind of gave me a moment of warm nostalgia. But um, yeah, it was just really good. It's not exactly genre-wise my cup of tea, but uh, I could still see myself listening in out of pure curiosity. That's, I mean, that's fair. I, I agree, totally. Eric? I really enjoyed it. Um, I agree with LJ about some points being uh, a little tough uh, at times, <laughs> um, but I listen to a lot of political commentary podcasts in just my normal life, and so that, that was the context of my uh, the comment I made earlier about the the exposition is that like I was listening to it and I wasn't like oh this is an audio drama I was like oh this is just like a thing from a different world that's that's interesting <laughs> yeah it's more like an alternate universe right yeah and the, the, there was like a definite transition point sort of after the election night where it it moved from sounding like that to like oh yeah this is clearly a drama and I thought that shift was really well handled um, I had a little bit of difficulty telling the characters apart but that's often a difficulty that I have with the first episode of anything. <laughs> um, so I, I don't really hold that against it. I think that's, I think that's more a me thing. Um, but I, I really enjoyed it and I'd be interested in checking out more. Cool. All right. So let's talk about ratings that people are giving since we've started doing those lately. Uh, what do you think, Max? Um, I would have to give it um, an East Wing, a West Wing, a North Wing, and a South Wing. Four Wings. Four Wings. Okay. This is out of five, by the way. Oh, it is? Uh, in that case... Uh, uh, half a wing in the center. So four and a half wings? Yeah, just the flat, not the drumette. Oh, I was thinking planes, not like barbecue. When have I ever thought of anything but food? Fair enough. LJ? 
I would give it 4.5 solid Jack Bowers on this one. Top half or bottom half of Jack Bauer? Mm. Maybe the middle half, so I don't have to look into his intense face. But I, he also won't run from me. <laughs> he would find a way. Jack always finds a way. That is maybe the most disturbing employment <laughs> that I've ever seen. A cloning factory with four Jack Bowers and then the middle half. <laughs> so like shoulders to... If a mad scientist is listening, this is also how I want my mermaid, so... Oh, God. Oh, God. I just want to poke your navel. <laughs> oh, God. You monster. <laughs> so they call it the Little Mermaid because it's only half of her? <laughs> it's only a little mermaid. Just a little. Oh, that's... That sounds fishy. Oh, man, we're just on our pun game today. Okay, Maggie... Uh, I guess I would give it four massive political scandals out of five. Okay. Eric? I'd say solidly four years between elections. (laughs) (laughs) Unless you're a representative or a congressman or a senator. I don't think that's what this was about. I think he was the president. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's uh, there are three parts of the government, so... That's what it is. So I'm going to give it five parts of the government out of five. as my rating. <laughs> he wants to be the president like no one ever was. Bump, bump, bump. No, no, <laughs> no. We're not falling into. Got to vote them all. Pokemon. No political experience. And he's never read a single claw he So. Oh, God. <laughs> Would Team Rocket be a third party? No, it's the military industrial complex. No, that's, oh, that's, the, um, that's the sovereign citizens. They just like run around doing whatever the fuck they want. And then they're like, excuse me, um, medical center, Nurse Joy, you need to fix my Pokemon for free because I said so. Because I'm Team Rocket sovereign citizen. Oh. <laughs> Meow. Oh, I want to see this as part of Detective Pikachu 2. <laughs> <laughs> Pikachu 2, political intrigue. Yes. Like, Am Pikachu I being is detained? For Wait, Pikachu 2, electric boogaloo? Yes. No. But I mean, Pikachu's an electric. I get it. Boogaloo 2, electric. Yeah, but am I being detained? Only if it's about a dance-off. Ma'am, I'm 10. It Are you be. not detained? <laughs> <laughs> Enter detained, maybe. I've ha- heard of having a captive audience, but this is ridiculous. I don't even get that joke. Enter detained. And so captive oh. audience, they're trapped because they're detained, but they're also entertained. I it's, get it. It's like being a master debater. Ooh. And on that note. Or a cunning linguist. That's true. <laughs> it's good about, it's important knowing your languages. That's what that statement's about, right? Just yes. like master debating, it's about knowing language. Indeed. And, and they both involve a good tongue lashing, so. <laughs> Just like that Pokemon with the giant tongue, lick a tongue. <laughs> <laughs> Lickitung, Taurus, Weedle, Nidoran, Machup, Shelter, Porygon, Hitmonchan. And there's 150. I could go on and on. Oh, God. Why? (laughs) Why? Because my crush in elementary school knew all the words, so I learned them too. That's fair. I also sang him the Misty song, and he didn't get it. Mike Aguero, if you're listening, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) This is a call out. (laughs) How old is this kid? Like eight? Probably not now. Yeah, I was like nine, so he was like eight. Okay, so he's older than you now. Yeah. No. I mean, he figured it out like 10 years later when we dated. Still, fuck you, man. 
I cannot wait until I get an email from this dude who's like, <laughs> why is somebody calling me out? <laughs> it was very strange listening to a podcast and hearing my specific name. Oh, that's probably who we should use as a sponsor for this time. It's one of the... the James? One of the fake call-out ones. <laughs> brought, by, brought to us by you, specifically. Yeah. <laughs> I know what you did. We made a new line of commercials where we looked up the most popular male and female names, and then we made commercials that were like, hey, I'm talking to you. No, you, like Eric, specifically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that thing that you put in your fridge last night? What the hell? Put it back where you found it. Thanks for listening. You know, <laughs> just, you know, you know that thing you did last night? Well, this episode is possible because of it. Thank you. Yeah. You mean assenting to Scooter? Confirming that I would be present here? Because I think that's literally true. Wow. <laughs> Although I also think literally it wasn't last night. So That's fair. <laughs> so the most popular name in 2015 for girls, I think, was Mia. So what we could do is we could be like, on, on Echoes, we could just be like, just so you know. Mia wasn't lying about the monsters in her closet. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Just about the ones under her bed. Those were clowns. So the parents of Mia were here to tell you that she's not lying. Trust her. Several <laughs> fires broke out all over Northern Virginia. Hi, Mia. And a lot in Africa. Wow. For some reason, people were hitting their closets with bats. And no one's quite sure why. <laughs> Fortunately, the fires in Africa were put out because they blessed the rains. I knew that was coming. As soon as she said the word Africa, I could, I could just see the future. I just laughed it up. <laughs> this has devolved considerably. That's literally every time we do this. I, I am so sorry for anybody that comes for a serious analysis of an audio drama. We gave serious analysis. We, we give serious analysis, but we're like verbal shit posters to the end. I, I can't argue. That's fair. I mean, we do try to, but we're, we're trying, guys. We're trying. We, we do really care about this stuff. This episode has been brought to you by Emma. Yes, Emma, you. We saw you defeat that thing last night. Terrifying. We thank you. That was election night from the show Terms. To find out more, go to www.termspodcast.com. This has been Audio Drama Showcase. For more episodes and information, go to www.legendsmithproductions.com. Don't forget to check out our other shows, like Anansi Storytime, The Fairy Tale Audio Drama, or Geek Core Radio, the podcast for hearing not quite your parents' music. I mean, unless they're cool. Well, well in that case, tell them I said hi. Thanks for listening. High five. We made it. Eight more weeks! Eight more weeks! Eight more weeks! Eight more weeks!